the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create amazing relationships. I am Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with my good friend and Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw. And we are taking your calls. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. Answering your questions on life, money, relationships, career, anything and everything. So first up, we have Calvin in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Calvin, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? We are doing great. How can we help? I just wanted a unbiased opinion on this. I am uh, just made it to baby step three. Uh, right as I was transitioning jobs, I had left a previous company due to some disagreements about the way things should be done and uh, undercutting management and so forth. Uh, the company I came to had made some promises and benefits. Uh, they matched my pay. But when I got here, uh, they didn't hold up their end on a lot of things. They're doing some shady stuff. They're not following OSHA regulations. And we're really kind of screwing over the residents uh, by not taking care of the units that we're turning. Currently, oh. I have a potential job offer with a pretty reputable company who's offering better benefits, uh, a retirement fund, a better schedule, things like that. Okay. Calvin, how old are you? 22. Okay. And the first job you left, what was the disagreement over your last job? I I had been promoted after working there from a service tech to manager after a year and a half. Whenever I got the management position, I was pulled aside and told that I'm the youngest in the company, I'm inexperienced, and they're going to be taking charge of my property. And that was something they hadn't done to any other manager before. Whenever I tried to talk to HR and things like that, try to come to some kind of solution, it got pinned on to me, and eventually my schedule started getting changed. They started threatening my job, and so I ended up putting in my two weeks. Okay. Can I clear? Can I ask a cl- clarifying question? Um, yeah. When they pulled you aside to have these conversations, was it was the reasoning simply because you were the youngest in the company and some people didn't like that, or was the reasoning you're the youngest in the company, therefore we're finding like performance issues? Was was there any performance issue on it, or it was just like we don't like that you're doing well at a young age? Does that make sense? Am I missing something? No. But- that makes sense. And that's one of the things that I'm, I was struggling with understanding and had tried to get clarification because I had never been written up. Um, I'd been talked to probably one or two times, you know, just flip up yeah. uh, previously. But other than that, I had good reviews from my residents. Everyone else was saying I was doing a good job. Everything was kept up. Yeah. I, and, and Calvin, what's your line of work? Uh, property ma- maintenance. Property maintenance. Okay. Yeah, because I think the thing about careers and stuff, and and if I was talking to 22-year-old Rachel, I would tell her this. Um, there's a lot of crappy businesses out there. There's a lot of crappy yeah. bosses. There's a lot of stuff that you run into and you're just thinking, oh, wow, these people don't keep their word. Wow. They're doing some shady things. Like That is a reality, Calvin. That is a reality. There's also a reality too, and again, I would tell 22-year-old Rachel this, that Rachel, you don't know as much as you think you might, you know, that there could be problems within different circumstances that are Rachel problems, 
Rachel may think it's everyone else's problem, but it's really Rachel's problem. And Calvin, I'm not saying you're one or the other, but usually that's what we find, Mm -hmm. especially if, you know, when you say, you know, you, there was a a job you just left because of questionable leadership, which could be very legitimate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you come to a new job and find out again, just like point A, there's crappy people and crappy businesses. And you're thinking, oh, geez, I picked the wrong one. I need somewhere that's reputable and great and you're going to thrive and it's going to be awesome, right? I, I I am going to give you the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. that is your situation. But I would say also, Calvin, just to have the humility always, and I right. still at my age am this too, um, that when issues do arise, there are times that it's us that were the issue, not always everyone else. Right. So mm-hmm. just always keeping that in the back of your head, Calvin. But if you really are working for a company that did not hold up their end of the bargain and did not do things they said they were going to do. And then even the way they run things, you just don't morally feel good about. That mm-hmm. is a valid reason to switch. So if you have another opportunity, even if the even if the opportunity didn't even have all these great benefits that you laid out, yeah. mm-hmm. that would still just be a reason to say, I don't feel comfortable working because if I can't trust them to not comply with certain regulations, I can't trust them with me, right? As, as an right. employee and how they're going to treat me. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, and then if for some reason this one doesn't work out, then you do have to do what Rachel said and be like, okay, maybe I'm, what's my job process selection looking like? Am I <laughs> going on the Craigslist and looking at stuff that's, you know, just like the wrong option. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm with Rachel 100%. I do think that I think you're young going in as much as you can ask really clear questions going in of, and, and really understand what the expectation is for your benefit Anytime it's like, okay, when I get here, what is your expectation? What does, when you say, this is what we expect you to do, what do you mean by that? Like get as much clarity as you can so you know that you're hitting your mark, right? And I think that's the best thing that you can do in this next situation. Absolutely. Up next, we have Kevin in Huntington, West Virginia. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, how can we help? Um, Okay, I have... I'm not very familiar with your all's um, stuff. I, I've kind of just started watching um, some of your highlights and stuff on YouTube recently, um, but enough to get an idea, a basic idea of like the death snowball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten myself into a little bit of a bond. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not drowning yet. Okay. But I kind of see that if I keep going the way I'm going, I've kind of just been jumping from crisis to crisis and juggling yep. everything and making it work for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of see that if I stay on that path, that um, I'm going to be drowning yep. before too long. Okay. So, um, Kevin, we're up against the clock a little bit. So I want to make sure we get to your um, to your question and situation. So um, how okay, much, um, yeah, how much debt do you have? Um, I have uh, 63000 total okay. um 40 40 47 of it is between cars um 2900 of it is uh credit consumer okay. debt okay um i have 9000 uh student loans and uh 3800 in collections okay um some of that some of the credit some of the consumer debt is like uh <clears throat> like rent a center kind of stuff like Oof. weekly payments yep um and, and my question is the, those aren't necessarily the smallest you know what, kevin if, i'm gonna hold it, i'm gonna keep you on hold for a second we're heading into a break a hard clock so if you'll hold on to the uh, hold on the line 
putting you on hold. We're going to come back to you after the break so that we can really walk through these numbers, especially as a new caller. I want to make sure Jade and I kind of get a full picture of your situation and help you best because I think this could be a turning point for you, Kevin. I'm excited. So stay on the line. We'll be right back with you. So we held over a call from last segment and we're going to talk to Kevin in Huntington, West Virginia. He's a newer listener to the show and has $63,000 in debt, everything from cars, credit cards, uh, student loans, and trying to figure out, you know, this feeling that he's on the cusp of possibly living crisis to crisis, like he's kind of right at that edge and possibly wanting to do some things to change that. So Kevin, thanks for holding on the line. Yep. Okay, so as we were talking, you were saying some of your consumer debts, I think of the 2900 that was credit cards, is also, you were saying, was it uh, furniture from Rent-A-Center? Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that, like a bed. I, um, I had to buy tires for my truck, and yep. I, I financed uh-huh. it, a weekly pay um, kind of stuff. How much of it is um, that? Uh, about $3,000. Okay, and $3, what, is, what is that amount to monthly? Um, well, it's it's weekly pay. Okay, weekly. Um, each one of those comes out weekly. Um, the the cheapest one is twenty one dollars a week. The other one's thirty dollars a week. The other one's seventy four dollars a week. Can you give? Um, what happens when you give back the rent center stuff? Like, what happens if you're like, I don't want to rent it anymore? Um, nothing. The, they they just get it back. So the payment's the payment. You can't go. You can't say I don't want to rent it and, and get out of it. No, yeah, yeah, no. I, I can take it back, and I just don't have that stuff anymore. So um, and don't the have tires, the payment. The tires I couldn't. Right. So, I didn't have the payment anymore. Right. Okay, I would go through and go. What can I give back? Like obviously, you need tires on your car, but is there a way that we can save up some quick cash and get you the tires you need and get? Because I want you to get out of that as quickly as possible. Because right. the so, interest and, on that, I'm that, sure, is not great. No, it's not. And that that was my question um, because I, I've recently got my a side hustle. Um, I got a job basically to do nothing. I'm on call for a wrecker service where if I get a call, I have to go out and work. Uh-huh. But it's overnight, and I usually don't get called, and it's $300 a week. Um, and I can get out from under, like the one is $206, so I could pay it off the check and that I'm off from I'm out from under that one and that frees up 2132 to roll into another thing with the debt snowball yeah I um, for me things like rent center that's akin to like payday loans and stuff it's really just scraping the bottom of the barrel so I'd want right. you to get that stuff clean and honestly like I said I'd be looking and going what can I just give back and if you're making $300 doing this wrecking service how quickly can you save up what you need for tires baseline you know what I mean and just get yourself back on your feet in that way. And then you've also got this debt in collections. And so the way you listed it out, you know, forty-seven or $47,000 in cars, 29,000 in credit. I want you to go through even further with a fine tooth comb and really list each debt in order from smallest to largest, because that's going to give you not only a clearer picture of truly what's going on, but it's going to break it down in a way that you can, like you just said, Hey, this one is for, you know, $2,000. I can, I can tackle that and it's going to help you see it in its smallest form so that you know, okay, like what is it going to take? How many hours do I need to do? Okay. I can pay that one off. And you're just going one by one line by line. Um, yeah. For the cars, Kevin, how much you said 47,000 for cars. So how much is each car? Um, for my truck, it's $700 a month. Uh, or what's like total loan. Sorry. 
Uh, 22,000. 22 for your truck. Okay. And what's the next car? Yep. Uh, my wife's SUV. It's 24,000. Okay. And then 2,900 on credit cards. Yes. That's including the. The rental centers. That's right. You were saying that. Okay. Yep. So yeah, if you'll break those out per credit card, per rental center. Uh, 700 on one, 300 on another, um, a thousand for, uh, a bed, 500 for my tires and $200, um, for a computer. Okay. Um, then like if I paid off the computer with the check that I get today. Yep. Yep. That, yep. That's exactly right. That's and then and $9,000 in student loans. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And then some in collections. What's, what's your income? Like you and your wife's combined income. Uh, combined our take-homes of uh, just over 100000 That's good. a take-home. Okay, good. So $63,000 in debt, 100000 take-home. You know, there's a part to this where I go, okay, what would happen if you guys lived on $60,000 and you're going through this? You've got 40000 just in your money that you can put towards this every year, plus 300 a week side hustle. The side hustle and your wife getting a side hustle. When you look at it like that, you realize, Kevin, that this can, you can knock this out fairly quickly. 18 to 24 right. months. Right? Yeah. Well, that, and yeah, and I, like that was why I called because like the debt snowball, it, it, I think it's the list smallest to largest, right? That's right, That's exactly. Right. Take on the small. And like some of these weekly payments aren't smallest, but if I attack the weekly payments first and got them paid off really quick, that has me paying like $2,500 a week towards the uh, uh, $2,500 a month towards the next. Well, the smallest to largest is not the payment size. It's the size of the debt, the total debt. Okay. Oh, okay. So you look at like, if you, like you said with those rent centers, I think you said one of the total debts was 200. One of the total debts was 300, right? Yeah. So so those would be my smallest. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking payments. Nope. By, by the balance, by the the full balance. And you want to stay current on everything. So you'll stay current on all the payments, pay off that smallest. And then Kevin, you guys, you know, you and your wife, because, you know, I mean, even just this picture of the debt, this isn't to shame or embarrass you, but you know, it's a picture of like, this is normal. Like you guys were just kind of doing what you wanted and you make great money and you're Mm -hmm. probably feeling like, how are we broke? Like, how do we feel like we have no money? And we have to go to rent a center for our furniture when we make a hundred thousand dollars a year combined. Like this yeah. shouldn't, this shouldn't is, be like that. Yeah, this is not how it should be. And so, as you guys start this process, Kevin, I would really encourage you to lean in when you start to feel these wins, because I would bet you, Kevin, that you make you guys may look up at the twenty four thousand dollars SUV and be like, man, could we sell it for? 26,000 get 2k and get a crappy car for a little bit and and knock this out even sooner because there's a taste of freedom kevin that you guys have never had have Mm -hmm. never experienced and for you and your wife doing this process together it is huge it's huge so i want you to stay on the line because we want to give you financial peace university for you and your wife to go through together and you guys it's our seven it's our nine lesson course and you guys walk through that and every dollar premium and this is our budgeting app that connects to your bank and it's really going to help you guys list out very specifically hey here's our paycheck where is it all going this is going to give you a roadmap to get this stuff paid off and i think yeah with the side hustle and everything kevin this is it i mean yeah mm-hmm. your question was what's the best use of our side months, i bet yeah our side hustle money and it's to yep throw out that smallest debt amount and as you guys start to really make this traction and this progress 
you're going to feel it and it's going to be it's going to be amazing and we're here for you so keep keep watching the show and listening for that encouragement because the way you're going to view money is totally different yeah. than how you've lived and it's going to feel uncomfortable at times it's not going to always be fun during the season of sacrifice but the more you guys sacrifice and really buckle down yeah the traction you're going to see is amazing look and you you hit the nail on the head you know $100,000 you think all right we're we're doing well. Like the average family is somewhere around 67,000. So if you are above that mark, kind of status tells us, hey, that's good. You're doing well. And it does feel weird when you're like, wait a minute, I'm buying my furniture at Rena Center. Like I, told I can't you, buy tires. I can't I buy tires. To, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I told you during the break, I, I, I knew this couple, they were older than us. But when I was in college, I went to their house and I remember them saying like our furniture is from Rena Center and they had two giant SUVs that were brand new. And I remember thinking, wow, they've made it. But they their situation was probably very similar to yes. what we just heard. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. When you start to make these changes, it will show. So if you tried to do this in a vacuum or in the quiet, like you have to just accept, hey, if I really want to do this and I want to do it faster, I might drive a different car. Yeah. Like people might see me going from driving a 2023 Infiniti down to, you know, a 2015 Camry. And they may ask me questions about that. And that is okay. That's Number right. one, it's none of their business unless you <laughs> want it to be their business. But if they ask you, there's no shame in saying, you know what? We were out of control and we're getting our life back. Yep. Like, let's normalize that as the status symbol of, Amen. I'm getting my life back and I am being a responsible adult. And when you give back that bed to rent center and give back, you know, the tires to rent center, that is you being a responsible adult. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show and standing on the debt-free stage, we have Connor and Julian with us. Welcome, you guys. Hello. Thanks, thanks for letting us be here. Well, congratulations. <laughs> we always know when there's people with headphones on the debt-free <laughs> stage that there's always a good story. Uh, where are you guys from? So we were from Oklahoma City. Okay, awesome. And how much debt did you guys pay off? We paid off 288000 Amazing. Mm-hmm. What kind of debt was it? So it consisted of student loans, uh, rental property, as well as our primary residence. Paid wow. off your house. We did. Amazing. <laughs> how much were you guys making during that time? Uh, we started at 74000 and finished right around one hundred and three. Okay. And how long did it take you? Uh, 38 months. 38 months. Wow. Amazing, you guys. Okay, so 38 months ago... What happened? What what caused this radical change of paying off almost $800,000 of debt? So I got started on the plan before we got married. Um, we were still dating at the time. And 
once we got married, we, we hit it hard. Um, I told her kind of the, the game plan. She knew what she was getting herself into because I was already hardcore <laughs> on the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, and so then from there, once we uh, had a combined income, we just hit the ground running. Wow. Okay, so what was the debt? I guess we're what was the debt going into the marriage? Was it who had the rental property? Who had the student loan? So I, I had the rental property. It okay. was actually a previous primary residence from my first duty station. Okay. So, wow. So my question is, I'm looking at a rental and a house. What are those properties worth? So that was kind of the key. We, we that was how we paid off. We sold the rental property, uh-huh. to, which was a big part of paying off our primary residence. Wow. How Amazing. much was that? How much of that was? So we sold the rental property. Um, we left with about $100,000 in equity when okay. we sold that. Good for you. Amazing. So, so that added, of course, to the 288. Absolutely. Amazing. Was that a hard decision to make? Because a lot of people that call this show, they love <laughs> a rental property. So they always want to keep it. And especially in the military, it's definitely not the, the norm um, yeah. to not keep the property. Um, but I had purchased that property right before kind of really diving into the Dave Ramsey plan. Yes. So I knew when we left that that was the, the best decision to make. Okay. And what branch of the military are you in? Uh, Army. Army. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for, for your service. Yeah, definitely. So what what caused you to dive into the plan? Like, how did you get acquainted with this plan? How did you find it? What was your first reaction? So I have always been pretty uh, financially oriented. I've always had an interest in it. Um, but I think my dad was getting tired of me asking him questions about finances. He purchased the um, Financial Peace University CD bundle and had it shipped to my house. I went listened to that about two times over on my way to work every day, and I just I just bought in, dove in headfirst. So great! And how long have you guys been married? We've been married for just over three years. Three years, okay. So, so Julian, you knew what you were obviously getting into. He's very focused. He is you can very. tell. Connor, <laughs> Connor knows what he wants. Oh yes. Uh, so, what were you thinking when you? When he brought this up, I guess I'm assuming when y'all were dating, even mm-hmm. this was a conversation. Oh, absolutely. So I was not a stranger to Dave Ramsey. I, my parents in high school made us do the financial peace class with our youth group. So when he told me that he really wanted to do it, I said, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm not the money person. I <laughs> don't ask me my advice. So I was, I was, I was ready to do it. Yeah. It was, it wasn't as hard to, switch using like just my debit card to just using like straight cash Mm -hmm. it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because it made me actually you know like not spend all my money it made me you know budget yeah so you went like full cash mode like full Mm -hmm. cash envelopes Mm -hmm. absolutely (laughs) I love it I love it Connor is (laughs) Connor is hardcore I can tell um okay so what was the hardest part because you're newly married right Mm -hmm. and I just feel like especially that stage I feel like there's different stages of life like when you graduate college Mm -hmm. after you get married there's certain points in life that it just feels like everyone around you is living at a certain right like Mm -hmm. lifestyle degree of what they're doing Mm mm-hmm so what was hard about that? Did you feel like that was kind of around you and you had to push back or were you were you so focused that you didn't feel like there was a lot of temptation? Um, no, definitely. There was definitely some temptation. Um, a lot of a lot of friends didn't really understand what we were doing. They, they didn't appreciate that we couldn't always do all the things that they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, like our families were all completely on board. Like we definitely had a strong, a strong uh, cheerleader squad. So mm-hmm. I would say all in all, it, the 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 friend group part was the hardest part of it yes wow. for sure on the social side absolutely I could, yeah i can definitely see that so what would you say the key of getting out of debt is if someone asks someone listening or watching right now and they're thinking oh my gosh we 
we're newlyweds. We have all this debt and look at them on stage. They're, they've done it. What would you say to someone that things that they have to do to make this progress, this process work? So I'll say two things, one, one general and one military specific. I'd say general is living, living on less than what you make. Mm-hmm. I think we all know, and that's a common thing I know that gets said on here. Um, but for military specific, it's, it's not trying to do what's popular and what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. I think it's very popular in the military for people to try to acquire a home at every duty station and then people end up with four or five houses wow. in four or five different cities and that's where we were for a second and I was like that's that's not going to work that's not the best way to do this and once I saw that we could pay off our primary residence by selling the rental property it was hands down easy decision well, can I ask about that because that I could imagine the sh- the influence of that like there's all these people around you they're doing this thing was it as simple as going, hey, you guys are doing this. It doesn't seem to be working well for you. Like, how were you able to reconcile that? Because it is hard to look at what everybody seems to be doing, especially if it looks like it's working and do the exact opposite. Talk yeah. more about that. So for for me, it was a little bit easier because both of both the houses were on 15-year fixed mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, so where a lot of people have it financed on a 30-year mortgage and they're like, oh, well, I'm making $200 a month rent mm-hmm. to to their mortgage and, and we were never making a profit off of the rents because we were we had a higher mortgage at a yeah. 15 year and so that also uh, you know we were at a point where i was like well we're really one bad roof or hvac system away from a, a bad time so mm-hmm. uh, that's when i was like this long distance landlord is not not for us we're yeah. not gonna do that <laughs> yeah you started turning on your brain and thinking about like what this really really means for your situation i love that so good okay so how does it feel it's outstanding. Wild. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that you guys own your home. How yeah. old are you guys? Uh, 28. I'm 25. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's so remarkable, you guys. That's mm-hmm. un- unbelievable. So all the hard work and the sacrifice, which I know part of this was the rental um, house that you sold, but but $180,000 came from you guys mm-hmm. living yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. And so if someone asks, was it worth it? What would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Amazing. And I'll just say the one thing on that is is a lot of people if they saw our story just from afar they might think, "Oh, you know, that's that's an easy way to to pay off debt." But I want people to know that we got extremely lucky with the COVID-19 market on mm-hmm. how much our house in El Paso appreciated. Yes. Um so that was a huge part of and and like I said that was luck. That was not the norm mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. as buying and selling real estate goes so absolutely we yes. got lucky in that regard i don't want to think people to think that <laughs> anyone should just buy and sell a house like right. that yeah so. that's a very good point that's so great oh you guys well connor and julian you're amazing and you're in your late 20s mid 20s and and you guys have done it and i'm like and now seriously people call the show in their 50s and 60s and they're like <laughs> why didn't we do this earlier and you guys get such a head start and so i see you have some cheerleaders next Absolutely. to you here on your left Who, who's with you today so uh aunt and uncle that live locally here and then our son logan so you have a son logan <laughs> oh he's so cute oh my gosh how and how old is he he is a year and a half year and a half okay well you guys we have the live and give bundle for you guys to enjoy or give away all the pieces within that because you guys are definitely living like no one else so we have a Connor and Julian from Oklahoma City who paid off $288,000 including their house wow. in 36 months making 74 to 108,000 count it down let's hear your big debt free scream 3, Three two, 2 1 we're debt free <laughs> Oh, 
Amazing. Oh, absolutely incredible. I am shook. I am shook. They're not even 30. Well, that's it. That's where I'm just like, you can decide. You can decide. Yeah. Wow. And And there's a road to be walked down that. But man, what an incredible, what an incredible life that they're about to dive into financially and in so many ways. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Connor and Julian. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Dorothy Bernard said, courage is fear that has said its prayers. Huh. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. There you go. And marinate on that. That's a good quote. Yes. yes. All right. Up next, we have Colin in Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, right, thank you. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. I am 21 years old. I am $42,000 in debt. And I just got laid off two weeks ago. And I'm in a bind kind of thing. I am borrowing money from my aunt and uncle, but I don't have I don't have any payments until about three weeks from now. Wow. Okay. Um, what's your living situation? Are you renting? Uh, Are you living with family? Uh, I am living with my aunt and uncle right now. Uh, They're helping me out. Um, but one of the rules is with me living with them, I'm getting my GED. Uh, I did drop out of high school. Okay. Um, before I got laid off, I was making a crap load of money for my age. My sister always told me to listen to y'all. She told me to give y'all a call to help me figure it out. That's where most of my debt's coming from is from cars. Um, just wasn't spending the money wisely. Mm-hmm. How much were you making? I was making from 1800 to 2500 a week. Okay. Okay. Um, and what kind of work were you doing? Uh, I was an oiler. I worked on the road. I worked in Kansas, New Mexico. I maintained heavy equipment. So and, are you are you trying to get back into that same field, or are you looking to do something else? Um, I'm pretty religious in my life, and I don't necessarily, what I've learned over time is money is not worth it to me, and actually I want to become a firefighter. I've always wanted to be one. Okay. So I want to go to school, and I want to try to work on that, and I know... Uh, where I'm at in Texas, uh, there's a program that pays for you to become a firefighter, but they only accept like a thousand people, and it's at the end of September. Okay, so that's a long so way. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to manage until then, or trying to get out of debt, or figure yeah. something out. Mm-hmm. What's the forty-two thousand, uh, Colin? What's that consist uh, I have of? A, I have a sports car, which is twenty-four thousand of that, and then. I have a GMC Sierra, which is the other, is a truck. And how much is that? It is, I think it's like 19000 or something like that, or 18000 Okay, so there, it's all cars, literally two cars. Yes, ma'am. And then I have two other cars also. What? Okay, hey, how much are those? <laughs> uh, I have a Chevy Tahoe. It's paid off. It's about 12000 I would say it's worth. And then I have a Honda Civic, but it has a blown-up motor right now. Wow. Do how much you, could you pay? How much could you sell it if you just like without a motor, with anything, just sell it? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm working on. I have a buyer for next week. How much? But, how much I will mean, you get for it? About eighteen hundred. Okay. Is what he wants to offer. 
All right. But um, that's not going to last me so long. Colin. We okay. got to sell up these cars. Honestly, buddy. Colin, I would just have a massive car sale. I would mm-hmm. sell everything. I would sell them all. Everything must go. I would sell I would sell all of them. What could you get for the sports car? You owe 24000 24, How much could you get for it, do you think? So the problem with me, I love cars and I'm a car enthusiast. I've modified it. And to a dealership, they're offering 12000 is what I got offered for, so, for the twenty four thousand, okay, hey, not a dealership. Did you Kelly Blue Book it? Yeah, so Kelly Blue Book came back at sixteen thousand, but with the modifications, they said it's going to be less. So I'm stuck with trying to sell it private party. Yeah, is what I'm stuck with. Is this because you did and, a bunch of stuff to it? Yeah, so it makes a lot more horsepower. It's a very fast car. Interesting. So I put, so I put about twelve thousand dollars into it, except for buying it also on top what about the other car what about the nineteen thousand? yeah um that's the most reliable vehicle i have i would say wait how much could you sell it for uh i could sell it for around 15 15. is what a dealership offered me so if you sold the tahoe if you sold the civic you could cover whatever you're upside down truly in either car like even if you chose to take the hit on the sports car, I'd probably focus on the $19,000 car, the Sierra, and I'd get rid of those three for sure. Yeah, and then you're going to okay. make 12000 uh, maybe, yeah, 1800 from the, the Honda. So that's 14000 that you're going to make off of selling the other cars. So you can cover some of the difference, mm-hmm. the 4000 um, with that, keep the sports car, and you're going to have 10000 to put towards that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, without a job right now, Colin, I just don't like you sitting with a $24,000. I don't know if you'll be able to get a loan for the difference on all of these either, um, you mm-hmm. know, because usually we get, we take a loan out for the for the difference. But if he gets yeah. the 12K from the Tahoe, then he can cover, he honestly could cover the upside down, the 4,000 from the Sierra, and he'd probably be able to cover the other 5,000 from the sports car. Yep. Because what are you paying in payments for the sports car and the Sierra every month? Combined. I am paying $450 for the Camaro. It's a Camaro. And then uh, for my Sierra, I pay, I think it's like $270. I mean, look at that. That's $700. That's over $700 a month that you're getting back. That would feel... And insurance, I'm paying about $780 a month also for cars being covered. I mean, look at that. And then you could take some cash... And you could buy yourself a cash car. Clear, Like you said, you're into cars, so you know how to pick a car for $5,000. That's just going to be your temporary thing until you get back on your feet. And then you can add money to that and upgrade. But, you, I mean, you got $42,000 of debt. It's all cars. And you don't have a job. Yeah. And the thing about this is, like, that house of cards came down. But you get to build back up stronger and you get to build build back up on the right footage. So yeah. it feels bad right now, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And I don't want you to think that we're like, you know, trying to take all your toys away from you and, you know, put you in the corner. We just want you to get out of this debt. You're living with your uncle and aunt who are nice enough to do that. And this mm-hmm. is you going, look, I made a mistake. I'm going to make it right so I can get up out of y'all's house yeah. so I can stop borrowing money. And next time, because there is going to be a next time where you make great money. And you're going to treat it the right way and you're going to buy things in cash and you're not going to go into debt because you know you will have then known how it feels for that to cave in on you and you're never going to do that again. Yeah, because Colin, you know, you yeah. said earlier in the call that you, I think you said something like I'm a religious person, so I'm not money's not everything yeah. to me anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and that's true. 
but money is something when you don't have it all and you got two car payments. So like there is a level of having money in its right position. And I think that's what you were saying, which is very noble that yes, money is not everything, but you do have to have it as a tool in life. So you have to learn to manage it, right? So you're either going to choose to manage it well and wise so that it doesn't become an idol in your life. Or if it's the thing that you're stressed over and over and over and over and over every single month, living month to month and stress, it's going to become an idol. So as spiritual as we want to make it for it not to be, you actually can choose for it not to be an idol to have control over it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the best things that you can do, Colin. And I think that this is a wake up call. I think there was a part of you that we all have this like little inner child that kind of wants and wants and wants. I see it when J. Crew has a sale or whatever it may be that you're like, it's what I want. I want that. I want that yours happens to be cars. And I think, Colin, there's a level of maturity here that you're like, I'm a man. You're getting your GED, which I think is fabulous. And you want a career that you said is a firefighter. And it doesn't, you know, you said it's not going to make a lot, but that's okay because money's not a big thing to me. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You get an option to be a firefighter and maybe not make as much when you don't have debt, but you don't have that option to make that kind of money solely when you have all these car payments too. So that's the trade-off I want you to see that, Living without debt not only frees you up financially and spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. like we talk about, but it frees up your options. Like if you have no payments, then you can say, yeah, I'm going to choose to be a firefighter, make less than what mm-hmm. I made in the oil fields. But I literally can because I don't have bills. So like yeah. I have the freedom to choose that, which is beautiful. And that's what you're starting to see, Colin, is that it gives you options. Like it gives you the ability to make decisions with your life. You know, I was talking, Colin, to this young couple when I first started speaking and they had close to $180,000 in student loan debt combined. They just got married out of college. They went to two Christian universities. They wanted to be missionaries. Whoa. And you can't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You have bills to pay. So Colin, this is the best thing for you. I'm so excited for you. Sell these cars, become debt-free, get a side hustle, work till September to be able to be a, go be a firefighter and do what you want to do. I right. love it. Jade, thanks for being an awesome co-host as always. Thanks to all the guys in the booth. Thank you, America, for listening. Remember to take control of your money and create a life you love.